How far have you walked for something you believe in? Each year, thousands of French walk 62 miles in a centuries-old act of pilgrimage. I witnessed this myself. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to Travel FOMO. I'm Jamin Howden, and I'm here with my wife, Hillary. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of our secret season. If you're enjoying the conversation so far, take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the Travel FOMO podcast from wherever you're listening. So where are we going next, Hillary? Mm, We are going to France. My sister, Jessica Giles, and I spent a month backpacking across nine European countries, and we started with England and France. So in our secret season, I took a trip down memory lane and interviewed her for this podcast for this whole season, actually. Very cool. Very cool. And not only did you interview her and you guys reminisce about your trips, you guys actually have audio files from the trip as it was happening. Yeah, so crazy. My sister was ahead of her time in terms of, I guess, maybe the original podcaster, you could say, because she uh, recorded some audio clips with her little um, audio recorder. And um, I guess it was uh, like a little digital recorder. Uh And um, we found those files in the process of uh, reminiscing. And so we really get to go back in time. And you guys can hear for yourself as our listeners, you can hear what we were like back in the day. So we've got two clips from you when you guys are actually in France. That's right. Yeah. So do you want to hear them? Let's listen. Okay. Day four. Jessica and I have finally perfected our British accent. I believe we're doing quite good. No worries. But um, right now we are sitting in our hostel and we're in Paris, France. And so we've got to learn a whole nother lingo, which sucks. But I think we're doing rather well, don't you think? Whatever. And our hostel in Paris is absolutely perfect. It has a beautiful, beautiful shower and toilet that I love. And it is purple of all the colours in the room, but it is quite lovely and we are quite happy to be here, finally. It's wee little, but it has some, it has potential, I could do a lot with the walls, and um, it's a very high ceiling, I like the atmosphere. And that's about all we have to say for right now, except for we're about to go venture into Paris, and it's dirty and ghetto. So, <laughs> so, are you going to ask me how old we really were? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those clips. That's pretty funny. I didn't remember us uh, with the uh, fake accents. Hey, it's brave and bold. Yeah, well. You loved your toilet. I don't think either one of us thought we'd actually share these with the world. <laughs> Too funny. Little did you know. That's Little right. Little did you know. That's right. Too funny. Okay, well, here is the second clip. Day five, Friday, May 13th. We originally started recording this whenever we were sitting in the Louvre waiting for a friend to arrive so that we could all go to see the Moulin Rouge at night. And um, Jessica and I were singing, and it was great. And um, the acoustics were awesome. We're at the entrance to the Louvre, and uh, we were in our time, and we felt silly, so we quit. <laughs> but, um, 
now we are, uh, well, I won't tell you where we are now. We'll wait for day seven to tell you that. <laughs> and um, I'll let Jessica tell you a little bit more about what happened that day. It was wonderful. We went to the Louvre. We went to the Eiffel Tower during the daytime. I got a really pretty picture. And the night before, day four, after we recorded in our hostel, we went and saw the Eiffel Tower, and it was all lit up at night, and it was sparkling like fireworks. It was beautiful. And um, it was the first time we saw it. As soon as we came up from the subway, it was just there, and it was sparkling, and it was gorgeous. And so, day five, we went and saw the Eiffel Tower again during the daytime without the lights, and saw the Louvre, and then that night, after getting on the subway, I threw down my ticket thinking that we were done with them, and that they were only one way, and once we got into the subway train station, they did a ticket check, and all our, the police did a ticket check, and all the other tickets that we had, the one other one that we actually had, which was supposedly not good, and so I got a 35 euro ticket, which um, converted into American dollars is $56, and so I'll be paying that off this summer, but all in all, it was worth it in the end, and I'm okay with it, and uh, that night we went... Yeah, we had to get over it. It was kind of one of those things we're not going to let it bother us and ruin the trip. So, um, and then at the end of day five, at the night, we went and saw the Moulin Rouge all lit up with the with the windmill and everything. And it was just, it was really nice and pretty. And that's about it for day five. So for the people that know you, it's in no way surprising that you guys were sitting on the steps singing. <laughs> yeah. But do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I, do I? I don't know. Um, you can tell that I, we got a little bit embarrassed because we stopped. <laughs> but my sister and I had always grown up singing together and, um, and performing together in a million different capacities. And so when we hear good acoustics... We just like look at each other and like are like, oh man, it would sound really good to sing Shenandoah right here, and <laughs> and so um, there was a little bit of that that went on. And um, did it and, ever occur to you guys to like throw a hat out to see if anyone would like? Oh no, throw, that would have been put some awesome. dollars in there. Dang it, she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna be like, man, that could have paid off that whole ticket that I got in the subway. Would <laughs> <laughs> have just like sung sung for our supper um but yeah no it just it was um it was always like so beautiful and the other thing about my sister and I that is hilarious uh, when it comes to singing is that we literally if we're around each other we can just start singing the same song at the same part of the song on the same key at the same moment and it has happened so many times I can't even count and um so that we always laugh about that but um but that is how in sync we are when it comes to singing so um truly for those of you who know us very well this is absolutely no surprise so yeah yeah that's very on message for both of you (laughs) on brand (laughs) (laughs) now we've listened to the clips from back then yeah. So we get to hear the interview from now. Mm-hmm. So this is you, your sister Jessica Giles, uh, reminiscing about your time in France. All right. Welcome back, guys. I've got my sister Jessica Giles here. Say hi, Jess. 
Hey, hey, everyone. <laughs> we have, um, we are picking up on the rest of our journey throughout Europe. So this was a trip we took back in May 2005, and we had such a great time. We are reliving it in front of, well, not in front of your very eyes, but in front of your ears. <laughs> and, um, oh, man, it's been fun to, to reminisce. And we are making our way to Paris right now. So um, I, I believe we took a lunch train to Paris um, via the Eurostar. Is that right, Jess? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, from right. London. Yeah. And the Eurostar was amazing. Um, highly recommended because you could get like a month long pass and it would take you all over Europe and you could expand how many countries you wanted to have access to. Um, so I highly recommend that. I will say, Jessica, you pointed this out, um, whenever we were, um, kind of off the mics, you mentioned that, um, we, we were backpacking like this was not a fancy trip this was us literally if you couldn't carry it you couldn't wear it <laughs> and um, <laughs> so it was um it was an interesting trip for that reason because you're trying to go to places that are relatively chilly in may and um at the same time you don't want to carry a huge backpack or a, a huge coat all the way through um the beaches of italy you know so it was really popular at the time, but looking back, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that was the best choice were the Crocs that we wore. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But they oh, man. made it, I mean, like our feet never hurt. Like they were perfect. You could wear them if it started raining. It didn't really. They really were perfect in some ways. That's crazy. It is crazy. Right. Um. Man, we they got so lucky. <laughs> they weren't beautiful, but at the time they were popular in America anyway. So uh, I guess we yeah. looked we looked uber American with our Crocs. On. <laughs> we put a lot of confidence in them to like take them as like our. I think that was like maybe our only pair of shoes. Did we have any dress up items like to go to the play or anything? I mean, like yeah, I, I had know. some heels. I do remember bringing one pair of heels, but I don't know oh, if I thought that was. A but good I mean, one. like. Not an extra pair of tennies, you know what I mean? Like, no tennis oh, shoes. That's so, funny. that's so funny, and we're walking all over Europe, all over the place. Oh man, oh man! And then our bags were so full that you didn't really have a lot of. Well, we didn't have a lot of money, but also a lot of um, room to buy anything. Yeah. Else. So mm -hmm. that's crazy. And we had our Nalgene water bottles. Those were. Really good. <laughs> And a surprising number of cities had like fountains where you could actually like reach out and fill your, your bottle with water. It's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we were learning to get around. I remember journaling that we were, if we didn't know how to do something or how to get somewhere, we knew now how to figure it out at this point in the yeah. trip. You know, we'd been through London and figured it out. And now we're in Paris. We didn't know the language, but we were figuring it out. And mm -hmm. um. Yeah. Do you remember one of the first things we did when we arrived to Paris? Um, well, we went to our hostel, didn't we? Was it late? It was late, wasn't it? It was late. And no. we... Yeah. It was like I think we, time. Yeah. I think we dropped off our bags and went right to the Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah. yeah. Surely. I mean, oh, because that was, that was an awesome experience coming up out of the subway from... Um, to see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. I mean, I just remember it like lighting up like fireworks. I mean, that's in every mm -hmm. 
I don't know. That's just how it looked to me. That was just like shimmery, like, I don't know. Strobe lights or something. It was like so much blender, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't expect it to, I just expected it to be like lights. I like solid lights. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect it to like have a shimmery or any, you know, but sparkle. That was amazing. amazing. That was definitely one of my like all time favorite memories from, from France for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember going up to the top of the Eiffel Tower that night? Yeah, vaguely. I mean, I remember like looking out like over the city, seeing yeah. all the lights. And I don't. We didn't go all the way. Did we go all the way to the top? I feel like I we know. went like a ways up there, but not all the way. I think there were different like phases you could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I don't know. Cause I, I, I mean, there was a lot of people. It was like, you, you stand in line a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like waiting to get up there. Um, Tons of people that I actually made a note of that, like how diverse it was. And like at any given moment, you could hear like four or five languages around you. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. Yeah. I love it. Everyone would, coming to see beautiful sights. Yeah. Well, and I do, I do remember like one of my like notes for the fellow traveler is that there were a lot of pickpocket signs and I learned later that like the thieves like if anybody's going to try to pickpocket you they're going to watch for you to see that sign and once you see that sign you're going to touch wherever your money is so if it's in your pocket or your purse you're going to touch your pocket or your purse and then they'll know where because that's human instinct right and Mm -hmm. they will where to where they should try to get money from which I thought is fascinating and a great yeah, tip for people, you know, to just yeah. like, when you see a pickpocket sign, you don't net, you want to kind of resist the instinct to touch your money, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be like, okay, here's where it is. Here yeah. It is. Yeah. But I was definitely overwhelmed by all the people and all the, the languages. Um, and yeah, we stayed at friends hostel. I remember, and I think we had two different rooms. We stayed for two nights, but we had two different rooms, I believe. I think so. It could be that the first night we couldn't get like, um, or one of those nights we couldn't get a solo room, but yeah. then the second night we did. Because man, we were like, anytime you could get a hostel room for a reasonable rate, like a private, ho- like like a two bedroom or something, you know, like something that's like private to mm-hmm. just you and your party oh my gosh, like we jumped on it because you're around people all the time and you don't know all the people. If you're Mm -hmm. in a group room, you don't know all these people from all over the world and you have to leave your bag there, you know, like you're having to trust um, a lot of stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, we took the important stuff with us (laughs) around our neck, under our shirt. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I just remember you kind of had to always be on guard whether you liked it or not. Because yeah. even at night, like you'd be sleeping in a room with other people. Yeah. And you just didn't quite know exactly, you know, you didn't know who you could trust. But um, I remember that first night we, we roomed with two girls from Arizona and we had the tiniest bathroom in the world. So tiny. Oh my so gosh. tiny. It was adorable though. And we were like, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know Hillary and I, like, we're not like, we are not super skinny, but we are also not like super big. And so, um, especially at that time in our life, we were like thinner because we were young and these were tiny for us. It was Mm -hmm. just, it was just small, but, oh, I remember that shower. It like, 
it was clean. I will say that it was a very clean hostel and the shower, yeah. like the bathroom was really clean. I just remember being like, I get to take this amazing shower. I don't even remember if it was like the water was very warm. It probably was like, probably I like warm showers, but it was it, apparently the cleanliness was enough for me to not care whether it was warm or cold. That's funny. The next day we went to Moulin Rouge. I think we went to Moulin Rouge in the daytime and then later on again at night. And the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And the Louvre. Um, yeah. And um, we met we met a Canadian named Tom and he he literally just kind of turned to us and said, like, do you speak English? Would you mind taking my photo? And he was traveling by himself. And I remember he thought we were hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess we are. We're pretty funny. <laughs> we'll take it. Yep. We'll yep, sure. <laughs> okay. And we didn't hang out with him for, for really long because, um, well, okay, we tried to make our way to the Louvre and we accidentally, I took us to the suburbs instead, which was <laughs> really not the intention, but it was kind of a charming little surprise. We, we went and got like french bread and like cherries to Mm -hmm. snack on and then yeah we went to electronic store because we need batteries or something and then um yeah and while we were there wasn't it wasn't it when we were in the suburbs like when we got kind of in the wrong direction or off um from where we'd planned um you know, we were all worried about, are the French going to be nice to us? And, but we were trying, we were really trying to, um, I was trying to use whatever French I had studied from those cassette tapes, which again, it's not like a whole, it's not a lot of conversational, like, um, it's like, here's a phrase. And then you hope you can understand what they say back to you. (laughs) Um, and so, um, but didn't we, that was when we met, um, a woman, we found a woman on the street and we just, you know, we were like, we're lost and we're trying to, we're trying to get the Eiffel Tower. Could you please direct us? Somebody had told me that, um, if you at least try to speak a little French, they won't yeah. make you keep doing it, but they'll, they appreciate the effort. Yeah. You did a really good job of always trying to at least attempt it. You were like our, our language expert. And I, I would be like, Jessica say this or, um, ask them that, or (laughs) Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Gosh, I wish I had known even more at the time, but, um, it's all gone now. So what was funny about that Moulin Rouge we'd gone, cause it was earlier in that day that we'd gone to Moulin Rouge. Was it that day? Um, yes. I think that morning. Yeah. Um, what was so funny about the first time we went to Moulin Rouge is we had not realized when we booked our hostel, it was down the street from the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, so our hostel, um, we hadn't really done enough research to find, you know, I mean, you're doing so much as is when you're covering this many countries and going to be gone for this long. Um, it We hadn't been able to research like, okay, well, what are all the safe parts of Paris and the not safe parts? So we were just looking for like, what is a reasonably priced hostel that we can get and, you know, has good reviews and all that. And, um, that we would feel pretty safe at, well, we felt great about our hostel and, uh, but we didn't realize that it was like right down the road. We got there at night and, um, we just didn't realize that it was like, or in the evening, but 
it was the next day that I think that we realized, oh my gosh, we walked down the street and it was like right down the road from the Moulin Rouge. Like, which, like when you go at nighttime and see the Moulin Rouge, there are things you see through the windows of different places down there that you're like, oh wow, oh wow. (laughs) It's like the sex district of France. After that, the real intention was for us to make our way to the Louvre. Um, at, to, to hit up the Eiffel Tower um, and then to hit up the Louvre. And I accidentally got us to the suburbs and we met that great lady. But then we were making our way back to, um, to the Louvre because we were going to meet up with Tom, this Canadian, and we were going to go to the Moulin Rouge together because at that point we'd realized the Moulin Rouge is kind of a rough district <laughs> and it would be great to have somebody else coming along with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we did, we met up with him. Um, and Jessica, you had mentioned us sitting somewhere on the steps and singing. I think it was at the Louvre is what my journal says that we were waiting there for him or no, maybe, maybe we wanted to, and we didn't, um, because, because he showed up and we were like, well, that'd be weird. <laughs> oh, I think that was it. I think, cause we sang also, I mean, Sorry guys, we sang a lot on this trip, <laughs> and so um, these these might merge a little bit. But we definitely sang, um, as you mentioned, the Westminster Abbey. We sat down, right? Didn't we sing at some point there back in London? Right. I think you're probably right. Yeah. While we ate or after we got done eating, yeah. um, but then yeah, I think you're right that about Paris that we we wanted to sit down and start singing, and we thought it would be fun. But um, and then he showed up. Yeah. Um, Awkward. I really want to tell you about this great new thing I found. Every time I bring it on a trip, I'm so glad I did. It saves money, makes life easier, and I'm better looking because of it. The only catch is, I haven't found it yet. So if your product can make our lives better, let's talk. Because we want to know and we want to share. The other thing I remember about Paris was... um. We went to, we got on the Metro and they were really strict about tickets. And that's kind of a good thing for travelers to know. Oh, you got this. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? I think we, yeah. got, like, we got a fine and it was like 35 yeah. euro, which to us was huge. Um, yeah. And it was just because we dropped a ticket so what, after getting in. Yeah. Yeah. We had used the ticket and then threw it down. Didn't think anything of it. Well, we got it. Like, why, like, why would it matter? And um, apparently it does. And I was like, I promise, like, I had, like, oh, I tried to, um, I guess you, I think you had kept, was it, was it when we were still with Tom? Because I feel like there were three of us. And so um, you and Tom had kept your tickets and I had just tossed mine down because there's, you see it. I mean, there's like the lines of the sub or of what they call it, the underground, the subway or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like just lined with tickets. I mean, that's what people did. They would just throw their tickets on the ground. and. and that's rude of me to like contribute, but I thought it was acceptable. And keep your tickets, people. Uh-huh. Keep your tickets. And that led to my most dramatic story of Paris, which was this might not have affected you as much, but based on my extreme personality, you were probably affected. Um but, <laughs> but because of because of that, we we needed to get more cash. And it was nighttime and we we're at the Moulin Rouge, and I ended up getting more cash and I was having trouble with my pin number and Tom was there. And so he was like, here, let me see. And he was trying to, to do it too. And, um, and then afterwards he was like, 
you guys need to be careful because I could have been anybody and you just handed me your card and you let me see your pen. And, and he was so kind, but I was so humbled. It was so like sobering, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. So like, sobering. Oh my gosh. That we trust people. I know. <laughs> like, and yeah. we were having a blast, but it was like, yeah. whoa, he's totally right. He's totally uh-huh. right. But it was good okay. advice, and it was good that we got it, it right was. at the beginning of our trip, too. For sure. Yeah. Um, because I later lost a credit card in that on the trip, so <laughs> you'll hear about that later <laughs> when we get to Spain. <laughs> Fortunately, that was the end of the trip, so I didn't need that credit card as much, as much longer. Yeah. But, um, but, but then, thank you, Tom, for the good advice, if you're out there. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah, right. I, we should look him up. Tom Elliott. In Tom Elliott. Somewhere Absolutely. in, I think, Toronto, Canada. The thing that sticks out to me is not even, I don't even know if it was part of the Moulin Rouge or just part of the Red District. The Red District mm. stuck out to me. I do, um, I remember getting pictures of it, um, of like the Moulin Rouge itself. And, um, and just being like, oh my gosh, like, I love that movie because <laughs> the movie had already come out. And so, yeah. um, when I was in high school and I loved it because love music. And so, um, and I love romance on top of that. So it was just such a cute movie. And, um, and I just remember really being like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. the movie on Rouge. Yeah. But, um, I don't know that I remember a lot of other details other than that. But, yeah. Um, like I know kind of I seemed outside of it. Yeah, going back, I would like I would probably go to a show. I I think it's um I, I you know as an adult you kind of prepare mm-hmm. yourself for what that would be like. But um, but I think now that I'm older, I would like let myself go to a show at Moulin Rouge. Um, but but yeah, the whole district itself was like disarming. Like it was like ooh, yeah. like sex museums and. And they're not private. You're kind of on like, guard. Yeah. Yeah. Just right there in your face. And um, and I remember you were you were very popular to Europeans, and men would just stop us on the street to like tell her how beautiful she was. And I'm not even kidding, guys. Like, especially in Italy, but in France too, like Jessica has this blonde hair and it was long blonde hair at the time too. And, um, oh man. And, and you're just a a happy personality. And, um, and so people would just stop guys would just stop and, and tell you like how gorgeous you were. And I was just like, get away, stop it. Don't touch her. (laughs) I was so protective. That's so funny. I don't remember all that. Like, I guess it just like, oh, thanks. (laughs) it's so funny I don't remember that I can like I do remember you being um like I I don't feel like it was excessive in any way I just feel like it was like a healthy form of caution like okay all right all right moving on we're moving on on now don't (laughs) don't, no need to stare people you know I don't feel like you were yeah (laughs) oh that's funny that's too funny. Well, then that night we got back. So we didn't, I don't think we stuck around Moulin Rouge long because it was a little. Yeah. Um, like at one point, I feel like there was someone there that like even, or not necessarily at the Moulin Rouge, but definitely in that area that at one point, like they were watching us and we were like, okay, we should go. Um, like, I can't remember if they were taking pictures right. or something, but I just remember feeling mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is a weird area. And that could be like a real creeper. (laughs) Yeah. And they might mug us on the way home or something. Yeah. Like we should get out of here. Yeah. But um, I remember that. 
And then we got back to our hotel or to the hostel and it was like 18 people in our room. Do you remember that? Because we switched rooms. I wish I remember. I was so excited about that first room that that is the one that stuck in my head. I wish I could remember. Do we have any pictures? I don't remember pictures of that room. Well, we didn't take pictures because we got there super late at, or it was late at night and people were asleep. And then we also um, woke up super early. So I think there might be a picture of us outside the room and we were like sitting in the rain under an umbrella. Yeah. Okay. I I do remember being in the rain, having to like switch and it was raining outside and the tables, the umbrella outside. Yeah. Um, That was a rough night though, because I remember there was like a cigarette lighter in my bed and there was, it was dirty (sighs) and like. Were you on bottom and I was on top? Like I was definitely on bottom. Yeah, I was definitely on bottom. And like, it was so close that like the other person's hand could easily just fall onto your own bed. (laughs) It was like, there was no, (laughs) there was no real separation between you and other people, like a concentration camp. Like, yeah, honestly. Yeah. These, I mean, they made, they, man, they tried to make some money on these rooms for sure. We're going to fit as many bunk beds as we can in here. You definitely Um, pay, you get what you pay for. And we, yeah, in, in that instance, we were not able to get the nice rooms. <laughs> <laughs> was that, um, was it that hostel or was it a different hostel where wasn't someone like making out? Was that a different one? That's later on. Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But mm, no, people are going to love that. <laughs> or, oh yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> that was in Munich. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well then, so that next morning we went to uh Chart. Chartres, I don't, I never know if I'm saying that right. Chartres, France. Chart is how I like, like you don't really say the ES, I think. And the R is like, R, chart. (laughs) Yes. But it was like, yeah, there's some stuff you don't say. Yeah. Tell us about that cathedral, just what you remember of it. Um, well, I remember just like kind of coming into the city or the town. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't a real big town. But, um, from what I remember at least, but the, it was kind of like foggy and like, it was foggy because it had been raining or it was about to rain or something. And, um, and I just remember, yeah, like us looking for it and finding it. And, um, but I, I, it seemed like the, the steeple of it, like, Maybe, I don't know if I'm remembering it for myself or remembering the picture. You took, Hillary took yeah. great pictures, guys. She has a great picture of this, um, of this cathedral and it's just got the fog and it's got the steeple. It's just so pretty. It's just like, um, yeah, eth- ethereal or like ear, I'm not eerie in a, like a spooky way, but in just like a, oh, it's so pretty and, um, almost sacred, you know, yeah. but, um, but man, this was, this was an amazing cathedral on the inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, in particular, just the detail, I mean, yeah. pretty immaculate. Yeah. Um, and the, the inside of it, I think this might've been what drew us to that specific cathedral was the inside floor. The floor was mm-hmm. a labyrinth and it was one of the first labyrinths ever, if not the first. I think it was the, I have it down as the first but that's probably based off of like what you told me <laughs> so yeah. but you probably researched it recently at that time because you wanted to see it you're the one that mm-hmm. like knew we got to go see this and this is why yeah 
Very cool. And and for those of you who don't know what a labyrinth is, it's like um, a walking path that's shaped in a in a circle, and it looks a lot like a maze. And it's really created with the intention of meditating and pondering your life. So as you're walking, you're praying and you're thinking about your life and where you want to go in life and um, the journey you've been on. And um, a lot of people might not really um, might not really think about the fact that like you think better when you walk. And so that's why a lot of people pace sometimes while they're thinking. And, um, and so this kind of enables that too. And um, man, I need to look back up all the history of labyrinths, but oh man, I just think that's, it was, I've, I've always been, not always, but since college, I've been, I've been fascinated with them. And so it was really an honor to get to go see that one. But then Jessica, tell us about this pilgrimage. There were thousands of people that showed up in this tiny village too. And what that was all about. That was, um, so they were celebrating Pentecost and in the rain, which I think is just like really cool because it just goes to show like how serious and how meaningful it really was um, for them to be so dedicated and steadfast. They, um, they were doing communion. Uh, There was a priest outside and there was a whole gathering. I don't know how many, but I mean, gosh, Hillary, what would you say? I mean, I would say. I don't know. Maybe I'm not remembering it well, but I mean, I would say several hundred, if not mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Would I? I mean, okay. I'm, Actually, I was looking it up and like in 2019, so this is, you know, just recently, but recently the number of people that participated were around 12 to 18,000 people. Golly. Did we see that many? I mean, we saw thousands. I don't know. Do we? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like zoning in on a particular spot and I'm thinking of that but I mean I did know that the pilgrimage itself yeah was thousands I didn't know how many people were there in that exact moment um but what was so cool about it though to me um was that they're all wearing ponchos it's raining they're doing communion and celebrating Pentecost they do this walk and like it is once a year like one day in time that they do this we did not plan that at all we just happened to show up and, and I mean, they could have already been on their pilgrimage. They could have already been walking and we would have missed it. We would have not, have, but we actually got there at the time that they were doing the communion at the church or um, they're yeah. in start. And I just thought that is so cool. Like what a God moment where he yeah. was like, Hey, you know, here's a really neat thing that you might want to see. I'm going right. to line that up for you. So crazy. And so just to, I, I looked, I had to look things, some things up just to kind of refresh my memory, but like. The, this annual walk happens every year. It's 60 miles that they walk, mm-hmm. 60, six zero. And they walk from the Notre Dame in Paris to the Notre Dame in Chartres. And I just think like, that's yeah. pretty cool. I just think. Yeah. Um, an hour's ride on a train. On a yes. train, it would take an hour and you're yeah. walking it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And we didn't spend long there. Um because then we traveled on to Belgium, but, um, but we did hit France back up again later in our trip. Um, we came back through Paris, right, Jess? Mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. heading back after home. Spain. Yeah. And I remember we spent a lot more time at the Eiffel tower. It was warmer. It was a month later almost. So it was a little warmer <laughs> and, um, yeah, we set that outside nice. the Eiffel Tower and put out a blanket. We did carry a blanket with us on the whole mm-hmm. trip, which proved to be like a pretty good idea. Investment, yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe I would have used a lighter blanket next time, but like it was pretty, pretty good idea. Um, but yeah, we just kind of like sat out there and, um, had, had our backpacks out on the grass. Like we were having some picnic next to the Eiffel tower and gorgeous mm -hmm. day. And, um, that's just some of my, my other memories from France. And I remember there were like a lot of, um, Bosnian women too, that would like walk up yes. eating needing money and it was hard to know if it was like if you could trust them or not and if it was a scam or not and they were everywhere yeah. and so I think that for travelers is kind of something uh, mm -hmm. just a good bit of advice like to kind of be prepared for that because yeah. it could catch you off guard and um and it can be exhausting too because yeah. um because it can happen the whole time you're there it was a little hard because you know Especially with that first person, too. you don't know if they're legit or not, but like, yeah. um, having to like turn down people, it can be, it can be like hard. Not really. especially if you start seeing the same message over and over, you're like, okay, now, now I know. <laughs> like, because they would hold up a little cardboard, right? Little cardboard sign mm -hmm. and it would, um, it would tell their scenario. And once the scenario is the same with like multiple people, then you start to see, okay, okay. Um, but I know there are legit people out there. So it's so that's what makes it hard is yeah. discerning, which is which. Um, do you remember the bathroom in like the public bathroom, the non-gender specific bathroom in the middle of like the road? Like there's road, like one way lane going this way, lane going that way. And then there's like a stairway that goes down like into the ground like almost like you're going to a subway maybe it wasn't stairs maybe it's just a slope um but um you walk down there and it's like an underground bathroom and there's a guy sitting there taking like hey you pay to go to the bathroom also you pay to get toilet paper they dish out the toilet paper to you before you Whoa. get into the stall and, um, and it's like a guy guarding the door to, I mean, he's literally taking payment and it's just like these stalls side by side. And like, you, you're, you might be in a stall right by a guy, you know, like it, it's not, it's just like, you want a bathroom and you just be grateful for the wall. It doesn't matter if it's a guy next to you or not Wow. <laughs> and that you're paying for it and paying for the toilet paper. Yeah. That's oh. crazy. That's crazy. I don't remember that, but I'm glad oh. you do. I had to go to the bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to go to the bathroom, but I just remember being like, I'm pretty sure that's a man next to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, mm. both genders in, in the bathrooms for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jess, and, was there... And not that that's like bad. It's just like, I just, you know, if you're not used to it in America. No. Everything yeah. is, you know, very, very yeah. specific. It's interesting. Um, well, what was your favorite memory in France? I mean, I loved the Eiffel Tower. I really did enjoy that day that we just like, like, I'm kind of a, an old fashioned gal. So like, I really like um, slow paced things. I enjoyed the city life and getting to see all the hustle and bustle and um, between London and Paris, both where you see like, all these cultures coming together and like moving at this fast pace, but it's routine and it's organized and it's chaotic, but not chaotic. Um, I really enjoyed that, but, um, but I also just enjoyed like just being chill and like, yeah. just kind of like soaking in the city, like just soaking in the culture and hearing the, hearing the French being spoken and hearing the other languages being spoken. Um, 
It's just, I don't know. We enjoyed our croissants, our croissants. Mm-hmm. We loved our croissants. I That's think funny. Chart had the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they were super, super light and fluffy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed all of it. Gosh, I, this is, I didn't think that that would be such a hard question to answer. That right. sounds so silly. But, um, oh, I did enjoy the Louvre. I think I enjoyed the Louvre pretty good too. That like, and we didn't really talk about it that much, but, um, I think we got pictures in there and I don't think we were supposed to, we got pictures with the Mona Lisa. I don't think you're supposed to take pictures. That's right. To do yeah. That. Um, they weren't the greatest shots any, anyway, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure we used a flash on at least one of them. And that was yeah. like, I'm sure a no, no. Um, yeah. but there was a lot of really pretty, like, um, vines and like flowers and like you know because they sell flowers you can just I don't know it's like you can just you can go buy a huge bagel and like it that was funny watching people like walk from you know the store that they and they would have like this bread sticking out of their sack I mean it's like anyone could just walk by and brush that (laughs) like like that's exposed bread it's not even covered or wrapped or anything it was just this baguette or this huge bread you know like sticking out I thought that that was hilarious um we really enjoyed the cheese and bread I think that we like made that our staples throughout the entire trip yeah in any country that like every country yep let's test their cheese and bread um we did sit down at this cute little cafe that was really um I don't remember where it was across was it across from the Eiffel Tower wherever it was um it's just really remember. cute and just it was like a little outdoor I just remember getting to sit at these little outdoor yeah. um, spot and we just enjoyed I think we probably had some coffee or something or maybe mm-hmm. we had lunch is that where you had a really good quiche I think so and you know I think it was somewhere near where Jason Bourne had been because you were on a Jason <gasps> Bourne kick Pontiff. Yep. Pontiff. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, I was on a Jason Bourne kick. I love that show. And cause he also speaks a lot of languages. And mm-hmm. so that, um, was a huge appeal to me, but yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. That was near Pontiff bridge. That's awesome. too funny. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's like right by that bridge. He's on a building in the movie. He's like on, um, he's on one of these buildings. He's on the top and, and he like says some smart remark to the lady and he doesn't they don't know that he's watching them anyway and so I was like well I gotta find that spot but um too funny but is there anything that you would do again that you you did and you would totally just repeat it um I would definitely I mean obviously Eiffel Tower I just think that was like Mm-hmm. You just can't not. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Um, but I think I probably would have gone to the suburbs again, but on purpose. Not so much the touristy stuff, but like I want to get to know some French people that just like, hey, like, what's your life like? What's it like living in Paris? Like, yeah, you know, whatever. But um, that was like an awesome, um, fortuitous moment by accident kind of thing. But um, I would. Would have definitely done it on purpose like that's like or at least found some spots out in the suburbs yeah. to like hit up somewhere that's exactly what i wrote down like i was like what <laughs> would i do again and it was like i would accidentally visit the suburbs again that's <laughs> hilarious we did not plan that guys we did, we did not. not plan that i love it though that was awesome <laughs> okay so you guys are in paris france tell us more about the eiffel tower did it meet your expectations i mean it's one of the most famous 
um, places in the world, buildings in the world. It's on every everything that you see about Europe. If there's a silhouette, the Eiffel Tower is on it. So how was the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, um, it was amazing. I mean, at first glance, yes, it meets all of your expectations because um, as my sister and I described, you know, we were coming up out of the subway at night and we didn't even know that it could sparkle like it did. You know, it's kind of like they got a million strobe lights that go off, I think maybe on the hour. I'm not even really sure. And we happened to walk up in that moment where it is literally almost like fireworks are going off everywhere around it. And um, so that, that was amazing. Um, um, but I would say that there are some parts of the Eiffel Tower experience that you kind of need to be prepared for. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the panhandlers. Um, and and honestly, that can just become really overwhelming when all you want to do is um, get to enjoy this beautiful place that you have traveled so far to see and spend a lot of money to see um, and to be approached. Um, and I do mean, I do mean approached frequently, as in like, you can't carry on a conversation. It's every few um maybe 60 seconds, like it's very, very common. People just rotate through. And uh, and then sometimes it's the same person. You're like, I just talked to you. I just said no. But they don't even remember you because they come through so frequently. So it's not even it's not even you walking past. It's like you're stationary and they're coming through. Like they're... Yes, they are migrating through. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, and that could happen day or night. Uh, honestly, daytime was worse um which surprises me in some mm. ways um but uh also the thing that was so crazy about the eiffel tower is just the the number of um different languages you could hear that was that was really crazy um we we talked a little bit about that but that was really really crazy to hear all those different languages that's cool coming at you from all these different directions and you just know you are um how big the world is i yeah. guess yeah that's cool that's cool speaking about uh, different languages. You guys ended up needing to go to an electronics store. Yeah. Now, like I'll, at a lot of the touristy places, I have to imagine that they're that they're used to, like helping someone along that maybe doesn't speak French. Yeah. But at an electronics store, like, are they set up for that? Like, what was that like? <laughs> no, it was really interesting. Um, but they were so friendly. They they loved it that we happened to come into their store um, because we truly had gotten out of the city and into the suburbs. And and it got more and more charming. Um, I would really recommend it. Um, but we, I, I would say it was, it was really an, an interesting experience and just charming because... Um, when you're just sitting around the Eiffel Tower or you're kind of experiencing the city of France, um, there's a lot of good and bad there, but you don't get a chance to really see what um, what the real French are like. And so, um, or not, maybe you do, but um, you're also seeing just people from a bunch of different countries. And then when you get out into the suburbs a little bit more, you see like the real locals. And um, and that was really awesome. It was, uh, it was like, it was really hard to explain what we were looking for. We literally had to hold up the batteries that we needed and like point to the, the camera. I think it was the camera or, um, you know, it could have been that digital recorder for our, um, you know, podcasting pre <laughs> pre podcast world. But, um, yeah, no, that was uh, it was an interesting experience, but they were great. They were super helpful, super friendly. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you guys talk about having to like having to go to the bathrooms and like pay to go to the bathrooms. So, you, like, 
how does that work? Like you, you approach the poop master and you tell him <laughs> like, there's like got a doozy of a twosie. So I'm going to need, I'm going to need the luxury stall. How's that? Like, how's that work? Well, I don't remember saying that, but <laughs> it was. So you weren't upfront about it. You were like. Uh, no. And I was like a girl and in my early twenties and <laughs> we, I, I don't remember that much actually, um, except for, um, try not to go to the bathroom unless we like wait until we get back to the hostel. Like it just seemed like so, um, odd to me to have to ask somebody for toilet paper and stuff like too, like that just like blew my mind. Um, and Did you ever like, Hey, I'm going to need more than this. Like, um, <laughs> no. I mean, this isn't enough. No, like... you're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is a culture shock though, because for Americans, we don't know, like, I didn't know how to respond to that. Like, what do you mean? You want a coin from me? And then it's complicating too, because then you're like, every time you need to go to the bathroom, you've got to like have cash on hand to be able to use the bathroom. Um, and if you're not from there, you most, more than likely, like you're walking around a lot, you're going to a lot of public bathrooms. Um, and, but the one thing I will say, um, is there's free water. And, um, a lot of people don't know this. We actually didn't know this when we were there, but, uh, Paris is one of the cities where you can go up to, um, some, uh, water fountains that are really made for you to, to actually put up your bottle to the fountain and get free water. So, um, that, I don't know how long that's been going on, but Gotcha. Very so, like, cool. Carry a, carry a bottle and, and yeah. fill it up. It is interesting the things that that you don't really calculate into what a trip's going to be and what it's going to be like because they're it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And how it is wherever you're going might be different than how it is here, and you just don't you just don't know to calculate for those things. Yeah. So, what's it like to uh, inadvertently come upon a like a reverent festival or activity you guys you saw this pilgrimage happening and you know you're like you're on vacation and you didn't plan on it like Mm -hmm. you didn't know that it was going to be there but you see this activity what what's an experience like that like to come upon something that is very meaningful i mean it's it sees people's faith Mm -hmm. um it's a very reverent thing that's happening and you are like you're there you're not really participating in it but what's it like to come upon something like that um it was pretty pretty amazing um we're women of faith so for us we knew that if it um if it had to do with faith, like it meant something to us and that we, we knew how we would want to, um, it, our faith to be respected. And, um, quite honestly, it's an experience that you wouldn't otherwise get. Sometimes those festivals are, um, fun, crazy festivals that you didn't see coming. Like you and I got to experience, um, Italy, um, during their, you know, their independence day, you know, which was super amazing. We had no Mm -hmm. idea it was happening and you've got planes overhead and parades and all kinds of stuff happening. Um, and this was much more, um, somber, um, but equally important and equally impactful. And so, um, I think for us, it was, um, it was definitely something like you just don't know when you're going to get another chance to see something like that. And so we definitely were, we were thrilled that we got to be a part of it and that we got to show our respect, um, to something that was important to them. 
I think it's really cool that you guys embraced that situation and rather than uh, rather than taking an attitude of like, oh, there's something going on that I didn't expect that now is like could be perceived as being in my way or impeding me in some way. But instead, you really embraced it. And it sounded like it, it was like it was really cool for both of you to as you came upon that to say like, hey, you know what, like this is something that's important to someone else and I'm willing to accept that and, and sort of just soak it in really. Yeah. I, actually, I, it's interesting that you say that because you make me think of some of the other things that we came upon throughout our trip and, and our listeners will hear about them, um, especially Italy. In in Venice, we came a, a, upon a parade on a Sunday and it's coming down through the, the water canals and all this stuff. And, um, and then another um, small arts and crafts festival in the tiny town of Castel Fiorentino. I mean, those were the things that we talk about the most and we just go, oh, you remember that? And they were the things that we never planned and right. we couldn't have I mean, it, it, it would have been so hard to plan for that, to have known that this tiny community was going to be celebrating something um, and to know that in advance. But we got to experience it. And, and those were actually the things that highlight the trip. Now that you're saying that, I realize those are the things that really stand out. That's cool. So that's what we've got for the France episode of The Secret Season. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and joining us for this episode of the Travel FOMO podcast. Yeah. But um, before we go, we want to hear from you guys. What unexpected cultural experiences have you had during your travels? Kind of like my sister and I had um, when we were in Chartres, France. Um, post some photos. Tag us on social media. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And that's where we share our own photos and videos from our own adventures so that's going to include some throwback photos of my sister and i in europe tune into the next adventure in the secret season where hillary and jessica travel to bruges belgium and discover it's one of their favorite places in the world it really is and you guys don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the travel fomo podcast from wherever you're listening you can also visit travelfomopodcast.com to learn more about us and you guys remember that life is short wander well